Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning. So Thanksgiving was this week. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Apparently not. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? All right. Yay, happy day. So our Thanksgiving started with our oven dying um, prior to, you know, Thursday when you have to have the turkey cooked and everything. And uh, by God's grace, I, I called a good friend who said, hey, I'll help you out. And uh, then that friend went to the hospital. Thanks, thanks for that, good friend. Uh, but he came back out. He said, hey, I still want to help. So we went and replaced our oven. That was amazing. And we were able to cook Thanksgiving dinner. Second interesting thing that happened this week is Wednesday, um, I'm eating a Stroop waffle. Does anybody know what a Stroop waffle is? Some of you do. They are the most amazing desserts. They're from Holland, and it's just a little, little wafer with caramel in the middle, and uh, those Dutch folks, they put it on top of their hot tea, and it warms up, and then you eat the Stroop. It's delicious. Well, I was eating a Stroop waffle, and one of my back molars decided to chip. How does that happen? I have no idea. I've had a razor-sharp tooth in the back of my mouth. I'm getting it fixed tomorrow, and it has been hard to eat. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving, people. And uh, at any rate, all those little things that combined up to uh, Thanksgiving has made for a memorable one, and there is a lot of, that we have to be thankful for. Isn't that right? And so I was just thinking back on last week and how uh, we had a baptism service, and, and, and God is good. God is good, isn't He? So this morning I want to start with a, a poem written by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Again, I'm not an English major, but I've heard some of these words before, and, and they've, they've had an impact on my soul. And so let me tell you about this poem. It's called The Charge of the Light Brigade, and it was written by Alfred Lord Tennyson about a famous attack by the British cavalry during the Crimean War of 1854. That in and of itself, not too thrilling. But what's interesting is Tennyson's words depict the actions of these men as they enacted an order that they understood incorrectly. And the soldiers, all 600 of them, armed with only swords, riding on their horses, were sent into a valley with heavy guns on both sides of them. 247 of the 637 men were killed. This event is remembered as an, uh, an outstanding example of poor military communication and leadership, and more importantly, the trust of the soldiers to enact the orders that they were given. Here are the words of the most famous section of this poem written by Tennyson. He says, Forward the light brigade. Was there a man dismayed? Not though the soldiers knew someone had blundered. There's not to make reply, there's not to reason why, there's but to do and die. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Now, if you're anything like me and you're not an English aficionado or, you know, a poet of any kind, you never heard these words until Saving Private Ryan came out in 1998. You see, in Saving Private Ryan, there's this group of soldiers walking through trying to find another soldier, Private Ryan, that they were commissioned to go save. And one of the soldiers is complaining about this mission that they're on, and, and this, this young, uh, he's a typist who was sent as a translator, starts saying these words, theirs was not to make reply, theirs was not to reason why. And then one soldier goes, yada, 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 what are you talking about? 
And another soldier piped up and said, we're not supposed to question the directive. We're supposed to obey. I, I think of these words and the impact they've had on me over the years. And, and oftentimes I think of Christian men and women. And I wonder, do we dare to have the same kind of courage when it comes to the directives of God in our lives? What kind of impact could we have for the kingdom of God if we responded, ours is not to reason why, ours is but to trust and obey, hopefully not to do and die, but maybe so if called. What if we had that same kind of blind faith? It's interesting because I, I look at, at the room and I, I believe firmly that many of you do have that faith, that you would follow God anywhere He led you as we just sung, Lord, lead me doesn't matter how deep the waters are. doesn't matter if I understand what's going to happen next. Lead me. It's interesting because God's directives can be difficult. However, they're not often crystal clear. What was crystal clear was God's directive back in Moses' day. You see, in Moses' day, when God led them out of Egypt, all they had to do was to follow this mysterious pillar of cloud during the day or pillar of fire at night. It's interesting because these are the words we read about in Exodus 13. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night by a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud nor, or by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Any question that was asked of Moses about destination or, or purpose was easily answered. <laughs> so Moses may have been asked, hey Moses, where are we going today? Well, let me see, it's, uh, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep, we're going to follow the cloud. It was that simple. Everyone knew their purpose was to simply follow the cloud. I've used that statement before. A handful of times in my life, and they were always centered around something that, that didn't make sense in man's eyes, but it was a clear directive in God's eyes for myself and or my wife and I. Nearly eight years ago, we followed the cloud here to Shelby Alliance Church. Here's the story. We were prepared to graduate from seminary and didn't know what was going to come next, so I, I put out my resume to a whole bunch of districts, and, and it was literally for associate pastor. That's what I thought I was going to do. I got a phone call from uh, Jeff Miller, now my boss, saying, hey, would you consider leading a church? And I knew the correct response was simple. Well, if God wants me to, then yeah, but, he goes, would you pray about it? Let me send you some information. And so Jeff sent some information about Shelby, the city and some information from the church here. What it was was a, a packet of, of responses. The church was, was surveyed and said, what is it that you're looking for in the next lead pastor? And as we're reading through, well, actually, as I was reading through these, I had tears coming to my eyes, and I said, Miriam, you got to come over here. She's like, what? I go, they're talking about us. Every single one of these pieces of paper that had a question of what would you like the, the senior pastor to, to do? What would you like his heart to be? Or, what, what would you like about this, this family? I said every single response was Miriam and I and, and our family. It was the beginning of what God would confirm in our hearts of the peace to come here. 
that they're talking about us. And so we followed the cloud into the unknown, and it's been a blessing ever since. I wanted to be an associate pastor. God said, this is where you're going. Three years ago, um, well, let me, let me do this. Uh, I have in here, it says, let me read from my journal entries from those beginning years. That's what it says. So let me just, let me do that for you. And I can barely read that. It says May 6, 2013. Uh, so I've been the pastor of this church for nine months. There are still so many days where I feel like I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm thankful for those moments because they reflect my need to be utterly dependent on Christ. I'm no super amazing guy, but after a conversation with one of the men in the church this morning, I had, (laughs) this is hard for me to read, sorry, I had this thought, I sure hope no one puts me on a pedestal. I know who I am, I know all of my faults, my prayer is that the people I serve never attribute to me the glory that belongs to God. And then it talks about the Joyful Giving series we were going in and, and how we were $10,000 behind budget, and, and I hope our people get it when it comes to tithing. Well, let me uh, read another entry. Not too many, about a year later, it said, I'm very hopeful and excited for the future here in Shelby. I feel the Lord is preparing us for something big. I have no idea what it will look like. What I have not been able to shake lately is... Breakthrough through brokenness. Lord, would you... Guys, I can't read this. Would you continue... I'm going to read it from here. Would you continue to tear down the walls that the people in Shelby have built in their hearts so that they can know the fullness of your love? Use me however you desire. Give me humility and boldness to walk in obedience. Wow, gosh, I can't even read my own writing. That's horrible. It's my journal. It's not yours, right? What's interesting is that desire still rings true, that God would give you boldness, give us boldness to walk in obedience. Three years ago, we had a a following the cloud experience. As I spent nearly a year wrestling, Miriam and I did, uh, processing through this pull on my heart to rejoin the National Guard as a military chaplain. That happened three years ago. Uh, I recapped 2016 in one journal entry. Why? Because 2016 was a hard year. And I didn't journal anything for a whole year, not intentionally, but this is something I wrote as I recapped the year. It said, I could have led so much better during that time, but we are certain of this leading. Even now, God's timing is perfect, and we never need to know more than the steps He has for us today. It's all we need. Why? Because Ray Bond always says, it's all we have is today. I love Ray. I love him. Miriam and I have experienced a lot of cool, amazing things in the last three years. Over the last three years, I've seen soldiers come to Christ. I've walked others through deep emotional wounds. I've helped talk soldiers off the cliff, so to speak, as they've contemplated taking their own life. Needless to say, God has been blessing this ministry. You see, when you follow the cloud, God things happen. And you and I must follow the cloud. And so we find ourselves, Miriam and I, in a unique following the cloud circumstance. And due to that circumstance, I need to tell you that I'll be resigning my position here at Shelby Alliance in April. Here's why. In June, I've gotten word that I'm getting deployed to the Middle East. I'll be going to Kuwait for a year. 
And I need to explain how we came to this conclusion of resigning and well, we didn't come to the conclusion of deployment. That was an order given to us by the government. Let me tell you this story. Back in September, I got a call from the state chaplain's office letting me know that I was going to be the emergency replacement for a chaplain, and I was deploying on October 1st. It's December 1st. That deployment didn't happen. But what did happen was I was told, hey, this is 99% positive. You're leaving and you're gone on October 1st. You've got six weeks to prepare. And oh, by the way, you can't talk about it yet because it's not set in stone. But we're 99% positive you're going. I said, well, what do I do? I got to tell my, my leadership. I got to tell my boss. And, and they're like, well, just, just don't, don't get everyone so hyped up about this because there's a 1% chance it's not happening. So I talked to our head elder, Greg Freeble, and I talked to Jeff Miller. And they said, well, let's, let's hold off making any kind of announcement until we know. Miriam and I went on long walks every single night that week trying to figure out what life was going to look like because we didn't know. All we knew is I was leaving for a year and I was gone in six weeks. Well, after that week ended, I got a phone call saying, hey, guess what? The chaplain had a, a miracle happen and, and uh, you don't have to go. I'm like, Thanks. That was great. That was a great experience. I appreciate that. The emotional roller coaster of, of what y'all just put me through. And so when I got word a couple months later that, hey, another deployment, my unit is deploying, I took it with a grain of salt and I said, okay, I'm going to wait until I have clarity before I even start feeling the emotions of this. In all reality, my orders don't even get published for another two weeks. And if you've been in the military, you know that if you don't have the paper in your hands, there's no guarantee. But I can say with certainty that this is happening. What I can tell you is that we have a great sense of peace about what God is doing. We sat down with our kids and we told them on Tuesday night and we're still going through the emotions of what that means. Guys, we set up our Christmas tree last night and I couldn't help but stop and pull out my camera and go, I just need to capture some of these moments because I won't be here next year. I love my family. I love my church family. I love you guys very much. I have a bunch of stuff written down because I'm like, I, I, need to, I need to put it on paper because I don't know how to say these things. I, I don't know how to tell you what's going on without becoming a ball of emotion myself. What I can tell you is this, that I trust God. I trust our church. I trust our leadership. I trust the leadership over the church. I know that God is good and he's better than anything that we could ever come up with on our own. So let me give you some info. Why, why is this happening? Um, well, my unit is an aviation unit, and they're getting deployed to the Middle East in June of 2020, and I'll be gone for roughly a year. Guys, this is exciting, and it, it breaks my heart at the same time. I'm excited because I get to work with a number of soldiers, not just work with them, I get to live with them. I get to pastor them on a daily basis through the journey of being separated from their family, through the potential difficulties of, of, of hardship that it comes with being deployed. Guys, if I could have the opportunity to tell a handful of soldiers once a month about Christ, how excited do you think I am about living with these folks, being able to talk to them every single day about the joy of the Lord and how the joy of the Lord can be their strength and how God has, has called us to move out of darkness into light. 
I am stoked about this. But I got to leave my family and my church, my close friends, my support network. And I live in the middle of this tension, five, five months, six months removed from this deployment, processing what happens now. I have a two-week training in April, right after Easter. I'm gone for two weeks, and I get back on May 2nd, and that leaves about six weeks prior to my deployment, and I'm going to take that time off with my family. I want to invest as much as I can in them during that time. So April 12th, Easter Sunday of all Sundays, is going to be my last Sunday as the pastor of Shelby Alliance Church. Couple things to, to fill you in on. One is Miriam and the kids aren't moving anywhere. This is their home, and that's not going to change. What happens when I get back? The answer is I don't know. I, I don't know. But I do know this as I've looked over the last three years, as, as God has invited me back into the military, prior to that, all of my free time. And, and yes, pastors do have free time, was invested with my family and more church. And I, it was a joy. That was joy for me. Now, in the last three years, all of my free time has been invested in family and the military. We, we calculated between August and September, I think I was home one Saturday in two months because everything was, was serving over here. As I look past at the, the last seven years, I go, the ministry that I was able to produce for our church, I, I don't think is at the level that the church needs moving forward. And that, that's hard for me to say, but I know this element is going to continue to be present. And so I look forward and I go, God, I don't know what comes next, but I do know that you're in control. I want to give you 100% transparency. If you have any single question, I'm going to answer it. I don't want there to be any hiddenness in this. Another question, <laughs> you know, that, that's come up as we've processed with Mike and Becky is, hey guys, welcome to Shelby Alliance, I'm leaving, sorry. <laughs> but I'll speak for them and you can ask them directly, you know, they're, they're committed to the position that God has called them to and I'm grateful for that. The district is going to come, uh, my boss Jeff and his, uh, his number two, they're going to come next Monday for our board meeting and we'll begin to process through what happens next. But during now and, and April 12th, I'm here, and I'm committed to this church. I'm committed to walking through this with you, to leading you the best I can, shepherding you, pastoring you, and at the same time saying, hey, I, I, uh, I could use some of that from you as well. My family could use some of that, uh, that love and that support, because we're entering into the unknown. For years, when I talk to new visitors as they've come to our church, I've always said this, hey, welcome to Shelby, we're glad you're here, listen to me. I want you to understand something. If you come to this church and it's not feeding your soul, you shouldn't be here. My prayer is that you go where God is, is feeding your soul. God convicted me of that this week because, you know what, it's not about us as a church, but that's speaking to somebody who is constantly looking to be fed. And God does not call us as a people to continue to, to go, who's going to feed me now? We have the life source directly available to us at all times. And so my encouragement, not just to you, but to us, to myself, is simply this, is 
I, I invite you not just to be served, but to follow the example of Christ and to serve. I had a conversation with someone that, blessed my heart, brought me to tears. And they said, we came to this conclusion. As a family, you've poured into us for seven years. It's our turn now to pour into others. It's time for us to step up and to lead. If we as Christians are not walking out our faith and being obedient to the call that God has put on our lives, all we're doing is looking for the next bottle. Feed me. Paul talks about this in one of his letters to the churches. He says, you're still stuck on milk. You're not ready for solid food. Guys, you're ready. We are ready because God has called us to this. God has called every single one of us as we follow him to follow his example. Matthew 20, verses 26 and 28 says, Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among, uh, be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I challenge you to follow the cloud that God has before you. Don't just come to be fed. If you've followed God's leading here, then you are not here because of me. And you must continue to set, <laughs> follow the example set by Christ. And so I, I talked to the elders this morning. I said, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a message prepared, but I think that we need to hear from you guys as well. And so I've asked Derek Mahon to, to come and close out this service. And, and I can tell you this, that um, the elders, myself, when we end this morning, we're available to ask or for you to ask any questions and we'll answer any way we can. Uh, but Derek's going to close us out in prayer and uh, we'll go.